unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are at your place for the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, me, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach. And we are here to help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. We're excited to have you guys here, whether you're live here watching the video cast or you're watching the replay of the video cast or you're listening to us on the audio podcast. A lot of you guys subscribe and you check us out here on the video cast, but we are on audio podcast anywhere podcasts are sold. So you can check us out. Most commonly is Apple Pike, Apple podcasts. So we're there. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on iHeart. We're on all the different places that you guys can get your podcast. So if you want to take us with you and listen to these shows, we've been doing this now for quite some time. I think I started this back in January of 2019. We're on episode number 177. So just to give you an idea of how long the raw and scripted show has been going. So we're on episode 177. So there are some pretty incredible episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to the audio podcast, take us with you by all means do that if you're looking for recommendations on which episodes to check out i'd be happy to do that too sometimes people reach out to me and say chris you got so many shows what are some good ones about this or that um i'd be happy to do that for you as well because we've had a wide range of of experts here talking about everything from mindset so now we're going to be talking about uh, diet, exercise, physical fitness, nutrition, things of that nature. Um, we've had celebrities on the show. Uh, we've had people with amazing stories on the show, like uh, Unstoppable, Unstoppable Tracy. I mean, if you want an inspirational show, go listen to Tracy Schmidt. Uh, I can give you guys that podcast number as well. Truly phenomenal. I mean, she basically has no arms and no legs, but she goes out there and she sails boats and she does all these crazy things. And she's amazing. So that was an excellent episode as well. So Hit me up and let me know what types of guests, uh, what types of topics our guys are interested in. And we'll be sure to get you that information. And also let us know for my longtime viewers and listeners what it is that you would like to see here on the show as well, because I'm going to start doing more solo podcasts. You know, usually I always have a guest here with me. And so I'm going to be doing some more solo podcasts because that's what my coach is advising me to do. So if you have some uh, some things that you'd like me to riff upon, let me know what that is. We've already got Catherine in the house. She's coming to us from work. She says, hey, Chris, what's up, Catherine? Thank you for being here. We've got Eric in the house. What's up? He says, raw rock star. Hell yeah, baby. You know it. That's the only way I can, I can know how to be. That's the only way I know how to do it. I'm just so excited. Um, we got Joshua in the house. He says, this will be good. Absolutely. Actually, Joshua was our guest last week and we call him the world's mayor. It was a pretty, pretty impactful show. Uh, had quite a number of comments that came both publicly here on the show. And then afterwards about his vulnerability, talking about all things about mindset, sexuality, you know, living up to the perceived identity that we think we have to live up to. So go back and check that out. That was last week's show. We just appreciate you guys being here. And as you know, if you've been here for any length of time, I am a huge proponent of Help Heal Humanity. So if you guys are listening to this, helphealhumanity.org is a fantastic organization. I'm on the board of directors. I've been on there for a couple of years now. I know Serena Buffalino personally. She is the founder and CEO. And it's truly an incredible organization because... Oftentimes, I've at least I've volunteered and I've donated uh, most of my life when I've been able to to organizations, you know, whether it's for homelessness, for at risk kids, for animals. I'm huge. Those are like my three big passions. When you donate, you never know where the money is necessarily going to. So with Help Heal Humanity, it's pretty incredible because nobody takes a paycheck. All of the money goes towards the initiatives for which we are raising money for. And uh, truth be told, we are currently uh, trying to send, well, actually, we are sending kids to school in Haiti. Um, you guys know over the last couple of years, it's been devastated with earthquakes, political unrest. Um, it's just pretty 
uh, amazing what is going on right there. And through all this chaos and everything else that's going on, we are still sending these kids to school. And not only are we sending these kids to school, but we are feeding them as well. The food insecurity in Haiti and a lot of these underdeveloped nations um, is pretty tragic. It's pretty uh, crazy. So not only are we trying to send these kids to school, but we're also trying to feed them as well. So we need your support. So if you dig what I'm spraying here on the show and I've given you mindset advice and I've helped you move your life forward, please do me a solid and do what you can for the organization, whether it's five bucks, 10 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever it possibly is. Send me a screenshot of what you donate so I can even pay it back to you, uh, perhaps with some free coaching or whatever else. That way we just continue paying it forward. If you guys have been watching the show for any length of time, you know I'm huge into that. That's how I used to do my coaching was pay it forward coaching. You would come coach with me for six weeks and I would have you go do three nice things for complete strangers and come back and tell me about it. And through those experiences, I found out it wasn't necessarily my coaching that was the end all be all for what these people needed. It was going out there and recognizing how much better we have it than we actually perceived our situation to be. So when you swap out where your situation is at and what you could do for other people, it's pretty incredible how you can feel at the end of the night when you put your head on the pillow, knowing that you're actually doing something to help move this world forward in a place where so many people are pointing fingers and they're expecting the government and everybody else to come help us and save us. You could be a part of the solution instead of being a part of the problem by going and helping helping helphealhumanity.org. Check it out. And actually, truth be told, uh, if you guys are following me on social media, I will be helming the Help Heal Humanity podcast this Thursday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll put it on my social media, but uh, myself and Serena will be uh, doing the Healing Humanity podcast this Thursday. And we have two amazing nonprofit organizations that are going to be on there as well. So it's all about using our skills, using our talents, using our passions to help make this world a better place for who we are and what we do. And that's my intention every single day when I wake up in the morning is to use my voice and to use my actions to make this world a better place. Um, there's so much chaos and uncertainty going on right now. The world needs you and your gifts. So wherever you're at in your life, go out there and do something positive for somebody else. And I promise you it will come back in spades in what it will provide for you. So don't go out there with that expectation. Just go out there and, and, and serve with your heart. And uh, I will appreciate that. And let me know how that goes. Uh, I definitely want to recognize you guys for that. We got Robert Broker in the house. He says, hey, Christopher, my mind is boggled by all the crypto knowledge being dropped by Mati O Hex Therapy. Well, Robert, I'm glad for you on that. Uh, crypto and Bitcoin and all that stuff is definitely not for me. Uh, but if it's working for you and you were digging it, by all means, go for it. That's the way I kind of view life. So without any further ado, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, a major passion of mine, as you can tell. Health and fitness, ladies and gentlemen, I'm 53 years old and I'm still acting like I'm 27. My body's about, you know, feeling like it's 80 lately, but uh, health, fitness, nutrition, diet, exercise, those things are super, super important if you want to truly live a kick-ass and stop of life. And I've had the pleasure of getting to know this gentleman over the last couple of years. He's a dear, dear, dear friend of one of my sisters from another, Mr. Miss, Miss Forbes Riley. Um, and we'll kind of get into that maybe a little bit, but please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, Mr. Joshua Self. What's up, brother? Well, thank you for having me. What a quite a fabulous intro you have. Yes. Well, I appreciate you being on, on the show. I know over there in Florida, it's a little bit later over there. So I appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. And God's honest truth, I really haven't had too many health and nutrition experts on the show. So I'm excited for this conversation because, you know, in some respects, people have been asking for this. So that's why I reached out to you and said, hey, who do I know in my circle of influence who's got the experience, who's got the damn body to demonstrate and back up what he's talking about? So thank you for being here. And I want to kind of just jump into things right now and thinking about health and wellness and nutrition and thinking about the last couple of years of the chaos of, with the pandemic and everything. And, and people kind of just really starting to take a look at their life and taking a look at how healthy they potentially are or aren't 
and talking about the vaccinations and stuff like that. And I've been telling people like, if you'd been taking better care of yourself beforehand, maybe you wouldn't be so concerned about having to potentially go through um, getting COVID or something like that. What have the last two years, you know, really taught you about people and what their mindset is about health and nutrition and fitness? Well, I think you're, you're right. They really got an awareness of their health because we know when we're sick, but we don't know how healthy we really are. What's the percentage of healthy are we? And the truth is we really don't know unless you keep on going to a doctor day after day, who, who does that, right? So you don't even know who, um, when you're sick, but um, you really have to pay attention to what you eat and, and exercise because if you don't, then you'll eventually find yourself maybe dead. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, one of the things I think about in, in terms of, of, for me, I tell people about the foundational principles, making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're getting your proper nutrition, making sure you're getting vitamin D, making sure you're checking your sleep, things of that nature. And sometimes people like actually blow my mind when I, when I talk to them, I, like how much water do you drink a day? And they're like, oh, I don't drink enough water. Can you talk to us about the importance, Joshua, of hydration and what it really means to our overall physiology and our mindset? Well, the myth is that we need to drink about eight glasses of water a day, right? That's what they say. Mm. Well, I think that's false. I believe that you should only drink if you're thirsty. Because wow. what happens when you drink water? You flush out your electrolytes, which are in your body. So your electrolytes are your potassium, your magnesium, your sodium. You're supposed to have about 4,700 milligrams of, of potassium a day, 550 milligrams of, of magnesium. So if you just keep on drinking water throughout the entire day, all your electrolytes gets flushed out. So how do you get your electrolytes? You can do it by supplementation or through uh, cruciferous vegetables. So cru cruciferous vegetables like um, spinach, broccoli, kale, cauliflower, anything dark green. Those are the best type of vegetables that you should eat because they have a lot of fiber in them. Because a lot of fiber, fiber doesn't spike insulin. And that's what most people don't understand. Every time you eat, put something in your mouth, your insulin spikes, except for fiber and fat. So when it comes to water, you should only drink when you're thirsty. Wow. See, that's something contrary to what I've learned because I thought that you had to drink the, a lot of the studies that I've seen is like drink half your body weight in ounces of water because your water is primarily about 70 to 80% of water. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thought is, is that everybody has, every doctor or nutritionist has some type of different theory. So, and it's hard to know who's right and who's wrong. And everybody's bodies are different. So some people need more elements or things than other people. So I go to the, the common sense. If it makes sense to you, then you should do it. Just like I was telling you about the electrolytes and drinking so much water, it's going to flush it out. To me, that makes sense. So you don't need a tons of water to stay healthy. You just need to be enough water to, to keep your, your cells hydrated because if your cells are hydrated, then you can't build muscle and, and you start getting sick. Mm, so that's true. If you, don't, if you don't have enough sodium in your body, then the in potassium, those are the two elements that keep the um, cells hydrated. So, so when you think about supplementation, I think about um, like water with lemon. I mean, is is like some some people sit there and say the first thing you should do in the morning is have a glass of water with some lemon. What does the lemon do for your body? The lemon helps you lose weight. Um, I, it's the, some type of citric acid in it that helps you lose weight. So yes, if your goal is to lose weight, then yes, drinking um, lemon water is good for you. Hmm. 
And then for like, for me, I use propel packets. Like I usually like to have propel packets with my water and stuff like that. Is that good or bad? Or is that indifferent? I don't know what's all in there. So if there's carbs in there, I don't, I don't eat carbs. Carbs turn to sugar. Your body will always take sugar over fat because sugar is a toxic to our body. So it will always use up the sugar in our bodies before it will anything else. It wants to get out of their system. So I don't know how much sugar is in it. I don't know how much carbs are in that. So, um, but if there's electrolytes in there, then yes, that's really good for you. Mm. And then the other thing I was thinking about with water that just came to my mind is alkaline water. For for a while, alkaline water was the huge rage. You got to have 9.7 or whatever it was. What are your thoughts on alkaline water and alkalinity in our blood cells? I think it's a marketing scheme. You know, you want to have nice fresh water, but does it have to be at that right, um, whatever it is, pH level? Probably not, you know. So um, as long as it's filtered, got nice, clean, distilled water. You know, that's, that's, that's what you really want to, um, um, make sure you have. Hmm. Nice. And thinking about this, we got so many people coming into the conversation. Thank you guys for being here. I'm going to grab your comments here in a second. Um, some of the things that I really feel like you kind of touched upon it before is the misnomers in physical education and, and, and physiology and diet and exercise. What are some of the big things that people think are truth that are really kind of falsehoods? Um, protein for one thing. Um, a lot of exercises that we've been taught as uh, in our youth, we you should not do, like an overhead press. Yep. This is horrible for you. Even though it does build the muscle by a cost of injury to your shoulders, that's a no. Incline press is a complete waste of time. Dips is the worst exercise you can possibly do. Oh, yeah. Barbell squats, um, deadlifts, they're all could harm your your spine give you a herniated disc because you always want to put more muscles on uh, more um, weight onto it which your lower back muscles then can't compensate and then end up bowing your back and creating a herniated disc so there's a lot of um oh, another thing you know, a barbell bench hit mm -hmm. that hit your chest it's what the rule is well that that will cause injury to you they should never do that so there's a lot of things in the gym that you should not do that we've been taught to do and the truth is, is that we're just not educated. I, I, I sit in the gym every single day. I watch people work out and they just do some very dangerous or just idiotic exercises just because they're just not educated. Yeah. I mean, I, I go to the gym probably about five days a week at least. And I sit there and there's one guy in there. He was constantly like heaving and hoeing and like just totally just pulling on himself. Like he's trying to do the max weight and everything. I'm just like, dude, you're ready just to snap your back. I mean, it's crazy how much he's trying to do in the, the, the bad form. I mean, isn't it more important that it's less weight and proper form than having more weight and trying to like just be a maniac about it? Right. If you can't do four reps, then it's too heavy. Once you get over that, once you can't do that four reps, then your body really can't, will start um, giving you, you know, bad form and then you can start injuring yourself. So what I am, I'm a master in biomechanics. So I, every muscle has a primary function to it. So most, I could go to almost every bodybuilder, a lot of bodybuilders and just ask them one simple question. They probably can't answer it. And that is what's the main function of a muscle? Main function of a muscle is to move the bone that's attached to it in, a, in a specific direction. So like doing a butterfly, you, you extend your arms out while you're activating another muscle. And because you're linking the entire lever, you're activating another bone that's in the equation. It's just a bad exercise. So 
um, there's a lot of things that people just aren't aware of. And that's what I teach. I teach the safest, most efficient exercises you can possibly do. And you have the body to show for it, which leads me to another question now, because I'm going to pick your brain on a couple of different things like with machines versus free weights. Now I've heard so many different things about that. And I personally think, you know, there's a good, there's a good opportunity for, for, for using both, but I find that using machines tends to help me keep my form intact and help me focus on those biometrics. Is that something you would subscribe to as well? Or is it, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, resistance is resistance. No matter if it comes from a machine, a dumbbell, a kettlebell, it matters of the angle or direction the resistance is coming from. That's what matters. And, and allowing yourself in a position that gives you proper, all the leverage you need, because the more reps you can do with heavier weight, the bigger and stronger you're going to become. Without leverage, then you can't do as much weight. So it's not really about what, what, type, what type of machine it is. It's all about the direction or angle the resistance is coming from. Mm. And does that, does that necessarily mean, cause I know in, in, in school we're taught, you know, do three sets, you know, try to do eight to 10 reps, you know, and I know you subscribe to something different. So talk to about, talk to us about what you recommend for people to do to, to gain muscle and to, to, to be toned. So if you're, so time under tension builds muscle. So that means high reps. I started off doing 40 to 30 reps in my first set, heavy resistance builds strength. So my rep counts will each time I increase, each time I change reps or um, go from reps, I increase the resistance. So that way I'm getting stronger. So I increase the resistance as I decrease the rep count. So I'll do between 15 to nine sets per muscle group. And but wow. I'm only doing one exercise for each muscle. That's all you really need to do, except for your my pecs and your trapezius. Those are the only two muscle groups that you should do multiple exercises for because those muscles have more than one origin. So muscles always pull from the insertion to the origin of the muscle. Your pecs and your, your trapezius, those fibers are running in all kinds of directions. So I do three different angles for each of those muscle groups but other than other than that your biceps triceps quads hamstrings they're just one one um exercise so mm -hmm. a lot of people will do maybe three to five bicep exercises well the bicep is only pulling on the bone in one direction it's a hinge it's only knows one thing so why would you go from doing something that gives you 100 benefit to something that's less than that just doesn't make sense mm -hmm. so good no, I was going to say one of the things I found out was, you know, before I used to think like, especially we we're talking about bicep curl, I was thinking about like coming up and then like hurrying down to get back to, to pulling up again. But what I found is the more I sit there and I focus on releasing and holding that tension as I, as I let go, I find the bigger gains, the more tonality that comes into there. So rather than, you know, pulling it up, like you, you think, you know, you get, you get your, you get your, 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 your little mound right there. I find that release holding that tension as I release gives me bigger gains. Is there any science to that? Or is there any validity? Well, that's, validity that's, that? e, that's called an eccentric contraction or negative. So it's time under tension. The only thing you have to be careful about is that when you're doing eccentric contraction, your muscles are actually about four to six times stronger than when it's doing a concentric contraction. So if you're using a lot of weight, you could actually pop that tendon off the bone. So you just got to be careful when you do those that you don't use really, really heavy weight. 
So your bicep is a very fragile muscle. So because if you put your arms down, that the bicep is pull, pulling on the radius bone, is pulling on it in a parallel angle, 180 degree angle. So that's a very dangerous angle for that muscle to, to pull on. So when you do all palms up, that's all bicep. When you put start off with a hang a hammer grip, then you start activating your forearm muscles, your your brachioradialis. So from I don't, I don't know if you can see me, but from here to there, that's what I call the danger zone. Uh -huh. So I always start off with a hammer grip. So will so my forearm muscles will assist in the lift between from here and then as I go through the danger zone, then I go palms up, and then that's all bicep. Oh, gotcha. So you have to protect that bicep at all costs. And yeah. a lot of people do different angles by moving your arm in different direct and different positions, which is not very good for you. <laughs> your biceps and triceps are always going to be strongest when they're in neutral position down by your side. So if I raise my arm up, there's a thing called reciprocal innervation, meaning if I flex my bicep, right? I want you to take a look how far my fist is from my, my shoulder. Mm -hmm. As I go further and further away from neutral position, that gap opens up. As I go back into neutral position, that gap just closed up. Now, what's yeah. causing that? The muscle on the opposite side of the bone, the tricep, is stretching when I move my humerus upwards. So that, does, that doesn't allow the bicep to fully contract. That's called reciprocal innervation. So you should always keep your arm down by your side when doing a bicep curl. Mm. Helpful information. Helpful information. We got so many people in the house tonight. Thank you guys all for being here. I see uh, we got uh, uh, Erica sitting here talking about. He says, and we're constantly told to drown to drown ourselves and stay hydrated. Absolutely. Yep. Um, we got Nelly in the house. We got Catherine in the house. I think we've got um, a Facebook user. We got uh, Lynn Serrano in the house. Lynn Serrano used to be a uh, bodybuilder so appreciate you guys all being here feel free to ask us any questions as we're going through this conversation tonight one of the questions i wanted to ask you is for me being 53 i noticed that my workouts have changed a little bit and i, I wanted to see what kind of advice you have as us men and women get older should there be a shift in our mentality about how we're doing things like for me i used to always use really heavy weights and always want to be very big mm -hmm. but now as i've gotten older my goal is to like be toned and be slimmed down and not put as much weight on my body to not have to carry that much around what are some advices that or what's some advice that you have uh, for people as we get older and how we should shift our workout programs and our routine well, you just hit the head on the, the nail, the nail on the head. Uh, it's about your goals. You know, your goal isn't getting big and as big, big as possible anymore. So that means you don't have to do as much weight now. I always um, do isolation exercises, no compound exercises whatsoever. Um, so I'm always focusing on that one body part. It's like our bodies are like a, a mold. It's the body's already there. If an artist has a mold, the body's already there. Now we need to just go in there and, and draw in or sketch out, carve carve out the, the muscles. You can do that through isolation exercises. So I would recommend doing more high reps than heavy resistance. Um, still get a good amount of high reps in or sets in. So maybe six to maybe 10 or eight. Um, all depends upon what your goals are. But you should always try to increase the resistance so you still are getting stronger. You just mm -hmm. don't need to lift as much as you you used to. Yeah. 
So when you say high reps, what are what are what's a number of high reps in your book? So Usually I go I like, 15? 40, like 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 8. Th th this is my rep count for almost every muscle group. So 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 8, 6, 6, 6, 5, 5, 4, 4. Then I'll do two breakdown sets of either 15 or, or 8 or 20 kind of, um, I guess, make the muscle guess. You know, people say you need to mix it up, keep your muscles guessing. Well, that's total, a total myth. Is it? Your muscles know two things. They're either working or they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's what I, I, those are what I do, but my goals are different from your goals. So you might only want to do five sets, but still increase that resistance. So you still are still getting stronger. And when you, when you say increase that resistance, like how much weight are you putting on each time? Like two pounds, five pounds or 10 pounds? Or? Muscle, uh, mostly, you know, between five to 10, you know, if it's, if I'm working my infant spinatus, I might only go up two pounds. So, um, all depends upon muscles. Some muscles are stronger than others. Like your rear delts really not that strong. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be, but you want to still be able to increase some resistance to, to keep it strong and so when you, when you when you think about like workout programs do you recommend like for me i do chest and tries then i do shoulder legs and i do back and by so i'm like doing a pull exercises and a push exercise is there um is there a, a common theme that you follow in, in in grouping those muscles together for sure for one thing all muscles pull regardless if you're pushing they're all pulling uh, that's number one so you should do um opposite muscle groups so if my bicep is contracted the opposite muscle the tricep is totally relaxed so it makes a lot of sense to do opposite muscles in the same day so my like say day one for me be my chest and back day two be my shoulders and upper traps um day three be my arms and my abs and my lower back and then day four be my legs and my obliques wow Awesome. And are you, how long do you usually spend in the gym? Cause I know some people sit there and say you can get a good workout in 30 to 35 minutes. And I know I used to spend an hour, an hour, 45 minutes in the gym. Is there any prescriptive um, suggestion that you would have, or just depending on what people have time for and what their goals are? Well, it goes back to what your goal is. You know, I'm, it's how long does it take for you to get through your workout? And if you're doing a high, a lot of rep or a lot of sets. So if I'm doing, you know, 10 to 15 sets, I'm going to be in the gym a little bit longer than somebody's going to be in there for five. So typically I would say most people go in for about 45 to an hour. I'm in there for about two hours, but then again, I'm a competitive bodybuilder. So you can't really compare yourself to somebody who wants to step on stage half naked and get judged. <laughs> Talk to us about that. I was, I was watching some of your videos and saw some of the different competitions you've been in the Mr. Olympia, the Arnold. Um, talk to us about what it takes to, to, to get prepared for and to compete in those different types of competitions. Oh, uh, for me, it's really not that hard because I'm in the gym constantly, you know, I'm always working out. So, um, and I always stay, um, always eat healthy. So I do keto. I'm a keto guy. I, 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 um, my energy is based on fats, so I stay lean all year round. And so it's not too hard for me now. I mean, I've been competing for 10 years now. I'm still constantly learning. Um, last two competitions, last two years, I've really been diving into more nutrition because I'm basically just a boy from Ohio who grew up on 
um, the sad American diet. So, you know, TV dinners and macaroni and cheese, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I eat like mm-hmm. all the way up till I met Forbes until I was 40. And then I started uh, really researching food. So you need to constantly be educating yourself on whatever topic you want to learn. And you find a, and then find a mentor. You know, I found a mentor when it came to um, learning about exercises. Um, but when it came to nutrition, now we have the internet. We can basically find all the information on the internet, on YouTube. Look, uh, if you have a subject, go to YouTube. Somebody has some information for you. So it's going to be up to you to think, to figure out if they're, um, makes common sense to and makes sense to you or not. Mm-hmm. So I've really dug into my nutrition last couple of years, and and I found out that um, keto is makes sense. Um, a lot of people say um, a whole food diet's great. Well, keto is basically a whole food diet. You're just using fats as fuel. So I eat a my my every. My dinner is a huge bowl salad with cruciferous vegetables and nuts and and um, no carbs. So, you know, once you eat those carbs, your insulin spikes. And and once your insulin spikes, then you start, um, then your, your body starts producing fat. So it's all about um, knowledge. Mm. Knowledge is king. Videos, knowledge is king. <laughs> implementing knowledge is king. Yeah. I mean, so many people, you can lead a man to water. You can lead a man to knowledge, but you can't make him think. That's one thing I, I think about. Eric has a question for us. He says, uh, he says right now it's more about, uh, oops, wait a minute. He had a, oh, here it is. Um, any suggestions for Dunlap syndrome? I'm in danger zone when it comes to Dunlap syndrome. I'm not even familiar I, with that. I don't know what that is either. That sounds like a doctor question to me. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, he says right now it's more about, uh, the lap than the Dunlap as in my gut is about to lap over my belt buckle. <laughs> well, I know. So it sounds like you have, so you got a big belly on you. You might have insulin resistant. You might have a fatty liver. So if you implement keto with, um, instant fasting, intermittent fasting for 14 days, you will lose 50% of that fat on your, um, on your liver. Wow. How does, um, so intermittent fasting and that that's where you go for basically about 14 to 16 hours without eating. Right. Correct. Yeah. I've actually done that. And that's been amazing. Like first thing you were taught, you know, I have breakfast in the morning and everything else. I find that if I don't eat until maybe if I get up at six o'clock in the morning, if I don't eat until around 11, if my last meal is like maybe eight or nine o'clock at night, I have way more energy and my, my brain fog is way better than if I get up in the morning and start eating, it feels like it slows down my system. Right. I, I swore up and down for years that I needed to eat before I worked out. And then after I started studying all this nutrition stuff, I drink some water. I, I, I drink a, a, a vitamin drink in the morning and then I go work out and you're at your HGH levels actually spike between like 200 or 700% if you work out the end of a fast. Now those numbers might be wrong, but it really spikes your HGH levels. And for people who don't know what HGH levels are, talk to us a little bit about that. HGH levels are human growth hormones. Your body produces them on, on, on its own. So they help with your skin, your, your bone, your hair, your muscles. Um, it's pretty much the fountain of youth. If you can afford to, to get on synthetic HGH, which I've never done, but um, that's kind of the fountain of youth. And you can do it in a more um, healthy way by 
using in working out at the end of a fast. Hmm. <clears throat> I love that. So since I'm the no excuses coach, and I'm sure you've heard this, what are some common excuses that you hear about people, why they can't work out or why can't they can't do certain things or eat certain foods? What are some of the big excuses that you hear from people that you come in contact with? And what are some of the ways that we can help people overcome those excuses? I think it's more about work and can't find time to work out. And when they don't, when they feel exhausted throughout the day, all they want to do is just sit down and relax and enjoy whatever they like to eat. And I, I call it soul food. If it's not healthy for you, it's soul food. So um, you just, it's, it's very hard. And I, I go through it once in a while, not very often. That's only if I'm really, you know, worked my butt off for three or four days straight. And I had no time to, for myself. So you pretty much have to find that time for yourself. Another thing, it's like, you're not the, you do it for yourself, but yet you got loved ones around you. And you, so you have to think about them as well when it comes to your health and fitness, but your life, because they care about you. And if you're not around, then they can't, you can't help them. So mm -hmm. it's not all about you. It's about them as well. Yeah. And there's so many opportunities today. I mean, for, for a while there, I was pretty jamming at work and I was doing all sorts of things, but then I found through the beach body app, there was this uh, program called T25 and it's 25 minutes, but it's a balls out workout. And I would sit there and use my fitness tracker and I would burn like 700 calories and yeah. I would find it was like a whole body situation. So I had 25 minutes, but it was a ball buster, but it was what I was willing to invest in order to get some sort of results or get some sort of workout. in. because to your point, Joshua, the fact that when I talk to people all the time, I ask them like, you know, how well are you taking care of yourself? Well, yeah, Chris, you know, I don't have time for this and I don't have time for that. And I'm like, okay, so who do you love most in your life? Well, my daughter, my son, my husband, or whatever it might be. And I'm like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being absolute, how much do you love them? 10. I'm like, okay, talk to me about how well you're taking care of yourself on a scale of one to 10. Six. I'm like, okay, so if you really truly love that person on a scale of one to 10 out of 10, and you're taking care of your six, what taking care of yourself at a six or a four or whatever it might be, then how much do you really truly love them? Right. And to your point, you know, so many people are sitting there and they, and they recognize in retrospect that their parents didn't take care of themselves and they died early. Um, you know, so to your point, you know, it's just about a way of finding a big enough why. And that's what I always recommend to people. When you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. And nowadays there's so many different, I just saw a, a new product out on the market. It's like these cable rows that attach to your, to your door or whatever it is. And it's just two little things. And they can literally, the guy was, I saw the, the, the I was like watching new products that come out on YouTube. And literally there's every variation that you can do with these things. So like you could literally be sitting in your office. You don't, you have 15, 20 minutes. You can pound out a couple of different exercises to be able to, to get something in. And so my thought is always getting something in is better than getting nothing in because right. when you don't get anything in, then what do you do? Like you said, you go to that short-term gratification. You just want to escape reality for a little while. And so that, that cycle of insanity starts to ensue. You just don't feel very good. You don't feel like you have enough energy. You don't want to work out. So you go back to that short-term gratification and it becomes that downward spiral. So I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, it's well, so sounds, important. It sounds like we have the same mentality when it comes to this. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It's hundred percent. You know, I just, people sit there and bitch piss and moan about how terrible they feel. And I'll ask them about those things. Like I said before, you know, what's your hydration, like what's your sleep light? Like I use a fitness, I use a, a, a aura ring Right. So before I was like, okay, you know, I'm sleeping, but I found out I was using alcohol to sleep and I thought, okay, I'm sleeping. But then I started biohacking sleep and I'm like, okay, what's my deep sleep? Like what's my REM sleep? Like, you know, what's my light sleep? Like, am I going through the different 90 minute cycles in my sleep to make sure that I'm properly getting great rest? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you track your sleep? 
I don't track my sleep. I actually looked into one of those rings, and I think Forbes and I might eventually get one. Um, but I think sleep, I, I try to get as much sleep as I possibly can. And I know that taking naps throughout the day is very healthy for you. Even if you're lose, trying to lose weight, it will help you lose weight. So you always have to get that sleep in. And some of us just don't get enough of it. We're not in that deep sleep long enough, and we just mm -hmm. don't know it. And that's why we wake up tired. So I think there's a lot more into it than we know. And it takes some time and research to, to learn, learn about it if you want to learn. I just haven't learned more about it. It really hasn't affected me much to want to learn. But I definitely do am going to get one of those rings, though. Yeah, the aura, the aura ring is awesome. I sit there and get up every morning. It's the first thing I look at and I track because I could tell if I had some sugars, like a snack or something like that late at night, I could tell that you know maybe my heart rate was up. So it affected my ability to go to sleep right away. So it looks at your latency. I mean, it's it's incredible. The the, the And this is actually only the second one. I think they're on version two or version three or four by now. But for me, it's been invaluable. Like when you know I drink or you know something like that. I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna compromise if I have a night drinking with my wife or somebody like that or some friends that mm -hmm. I know that night most likely I'm not gonna get the best quality sleep so I'm not gonna be looking at crushing it the next day so I'll kind of look at it like okay the, for the for tonight and tomorrow it's gonna be kind of like a, a cheat day if you will because I know through watching my my sleep through that through the ring um, exactly what things impacted as well and sometimes there's just no excuse I mean there, there's no reason like last night I went to sleep I felt great and I woke up and there was like zero deep sleep and I have no well, idea why. It, if you eat at night, that causes um, sleep. You're, you're not being able to sleep as well because your melatonin levels actually increase when the sun goes down. So when your melatonin um, levels are high and you eat, then your insulin actually spikes even more. So if you're eating carbs, then you know that turns into sugar, and then your blood sugar goes up and down, and then you end up waking up in the middle of the night, and you, you wonder mm -hmm. why. So you try tr try to avoid eating uh, when the sun goes down. That'll help you. Yeah. Yeah. And turning off the devices, you know, an hour or two before you go to bed or wearing the blue blocker, things like that. Sorry, my monitor keeps cutting out. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is that I'm really, you know, impressed by you because you went through, you know, you've been in great shape. You look awesome, but you went through and had a motorcycle accident uh, not too many years ago. Talk to us about that experience, you know, of, of waking up in the hospital and, and recognizing you're not having the ability to work out right away. And talk to us about that process because, you know, here on the show, we talk a lot about mindset and overcoming those excuses. Like I know that Kevin Hart, you know, he broke his back in three places when he had that car accident uh, a few years ago and, and his story of recovery and what he put himself through in order to get strong again. And his body's really ripped up um talk to us about that process for you and what it felt like and what suggestions you would have for people that perhaps think that they can't do something um based on a limiting belief they have well i remember um waiting at the light i was at a light on my motorcycle light turns green i take off i saw two headlights coming at me and i thought to myself i'm gonna get an accident then i woke two hours later i woke up in the emergency room um, they told me I had two, I had four broken ribs and shattered my talus bone, which is my ankle bone. And so, you know, I eventually made it home and I sat in a wheelchair in bed for five months. Um, if this was the, the best, if this was going to happen during this, this was the best time it to happen because it happened during COVID. So everything was, was closed. Gyms were closed. So, but still I sat there for five, five months. And once that gym opened up on, on June 1st, I was, I went and I, I couldn't walk, but I had one of those 
um, one of those things that you put your knee in that you can like, oh, a, yeah. like a pirate a kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, all my exercises I've, I do, I'm mostly sitting down anyways. So there's only like one exercise that I stand up and I could still do that by standing up and having a bench under my knee. But um, I just went in there, started working out because I remember I laying, I was in the, um, before, before I started working out again, I, I was in the bathroom and, and I had my, my shirt off and I just, I just didn't like the way I looked. Um, I mean, I worked so hard to get where I was. I just won a world championship title in Mexico or in LA and going from, and I was on my way to compete for Mr. For the Arnold for the, um, for my third title there. And I just, was sick of what I looked like and just not the man I was. And so I picked myself up and I got my ass to the gym and, and I competed in Mr. Olympia um, or Mr. Yeah. Mr. Olympia that year. So um, I built my, my body back in six months and I never stopped. And from this date and still for, for the, um, I still have issues with my foot. I walk stiff-legged if I don't have shoes on. I got um, nerve damage throughout my entire foot. I don't think it's ever going to be better, but I deal with it because I don't have a choice. And mm-hmm. You don't have a choice. You, you just got to do the best you can um, with the, the cards we're dealt, as they say. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, when I think about what you're talking about, when I had back surgery back in 2019, I did everything humanly possible to avoid it. And it got to a point where every step I took was excruciating. Like I had bolts of pain going up through my, through my, uh, through my right foot, all the way up through my hip. And it got to be really, really bad. And so before I went and had back surgery, I'm like, okay, I know that this is going to have me laid out for a little bit. And so I started studying David Goggins. Are you familiar with David Goggins? No. David Goggins is a machine. He wrote a book. Um, um, you can't kill me. And he was basically three-time Navy SEAL, all these different things. But he's, I mean, he's ballistic. I mean, he's absolutely ballistic. He runs 140-mile races. He does all these different things. Like, you read his story, it's pretty phenomenal. And I didn't read it to become David Goggins, but I wanted to read it from an understanding of what is our best. Like, when we think, oh, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Like, he talks about this one time where he was in San Diego. He was trying to get into the Navy SEALs. Um, and he said they, in order to qualify, he had to do this hundred mile race and he was 230 pounds, solid muscle, didn't run. He showed up to this thing wearing combat boots and did this, you know, basically these laps to be able to make this happen. Wound up having his, uh, his, his toenails were falling out, all these different things, just horrific. And he said, it was just his mindset about pain. What is, I mean, what the, I mean, I'm not, I'm not aspiring to be David Goggins, but it actually helped me instead of like going, Oh my God, it hurts. It hurts. And like changing my perspective about pain. Is that something that you challenged yourself with as you were going through this rehabilitation? No, not really. I've never thought of it that way. Pain is pain is what it is. It hurts. Um, and we just have to force a way, you know, do the best we can to do what we, we can do. You know, if, it's, if it hurts, then usually you, start, you, you, you do what you can until you can't take it anymore. So... Um, I would I would say you're a fool if you don't st- stop something if it hurts. So you know, like if 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 I'm working out and I feel something a creak in my in a muscle or something, I automatically stop working out. I remember Ronnie Coleman you know, talking about when he herniated he had like every he herniated disc on every disc of his 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 back Ooh. doing um, barbell squats. 
And the last time it happened, he felt it, but he made it, he, he worked through the pain and made it through his workout. And I'm like, well, that's probably the worst thing you could have done. <laughs> so wow. if you feel, feel pain, you stop and let time um, um, heal you. That's, that, that's the advice I would give anybody. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that, that that's the, that's a crazy thing for me. It was just like kind of understanding different people's mindset because oftentimes we're told pain is bad and that you should stop. But sometimes I th sit there and think about like if the pain is, depending on obviously what kind of pain is, and I'm not a medical professional by any, my, by any stretch, but even when I've been walking, when I was rehabilitating myself after back surgery, I started feeling this pain. I'm like, what if the pain is a signal that a certain part of my body is weaker and that I need to walk through that pain in order for that body part to get stronger? So different strokes for different folks to try to think about that. But that's that that that, that spurs me to think about this question. What for people out there, you know, sit there and saying that they're doing the best they can. What are some of your philosophies, you know, for like really accelerating ourselves and our and our opinion of what our best is like obviously for you to compete against all these other guys out there you know crushing it like you are there's got to be a certain nuance of what your best really is talk to us a little bit about how you identify where your best is my best well that's a heavy question there <laughs> <laughs> i mean in, in competition you you basically want to be better than what you look like the last time you stepped on stage, it really you're not really competing against this, the guy beside you. You're competing against what you look like the time before. So it's all about being educating yourself and and driving yourself to um, to to the edge, to that next level, to get better. Um, and when it comes to the pain, back to the pain, I think there's two different pains. Like you had a injury of your back, and it happened for a while. It, it, you had that pain for a while. Oh, yeah. But eventually you still have to move on. You know, you have to fight through it because you know it's not going to go away. But then you got pain that just happens and that and that's where you got to like put on put on the brakes. So if you don't distinguish those two, then you can really hurt yourself. So yeah, you got to be, be careful about that. And so when I think about, um, you know, mentors and stuff like that, you kind of touched upon it a, a minute ago. Who are some people that are, inspire you? Like when I think about inspirational people this day and age, I mean, Sylvester Stallone is still freaking crushing it. I'm not sure what kind of pharmaceuticals or what kind of injections he's getting. You know, Arnold's still working out and doing that type of stuff. So who are some of your mentors and why are they your mentors and why are they people that you look up to? Well, I think we grew up in the same era. So, you know, Arnold was the big one. He was always the guy everybody wanted to look like when we were a kid. And I remember going to the barber shop and and I showed him a picture of Arnold and a cut front of a cover of a magazine of um, the Commando the movie Commando. Yeah. And, well. uh, I'm like, I want my hair to look like this. I want it to look like Arnold. And so Arnold was was the big one. Um, Hogan was always fun. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my mentor was pretty much the guy who trained me. His name was Doug Brignoli and he's the one who, who taught me biomechanics and, and um, because he, he was, his bro model was Bill Pearl who recently just died. Oh, wow. And Bill owned a, a gym and, and Doug wanted to learn bodybuilding, but couldn't afford a membership. And so he worked for Doug at the gym. And, and so that was his idol. And, so if it wasn't for for Doug, I wouldn't have known all this information, this knowledge I have when it comes to uh, building muscle, which really helps me out in the long run. And and I enjoy teaching. So 
Nice. But so if you I, had, if so, if you got the opportunity to meet Arnold, which I'm sure you will, what question would you have for him? I met him one time. I oh, was, you did? Yeah. Oh, was, nice. Cause I work in production and that's what I do. I'm, I work in production. I was in Vegas and, um, I was, his green room was right beside the room that I was working in. And so I would walk, walk over, over there to see him. And it was so many people were over, over there. I didn't see him. So I went back to my room and then, um, I heard some, some loud commotion in the hallway. So I stuck my head out. Arnold's walking right at me. Now oh, I no just won his contest. Oh, no way. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in all black. I got kind of a black, uh, tight black t-shirt on. And he comes up to me and he starts feeling, feeling my muscles. And, and I'm like, yeah, I just won the Arnold. I just, I just won your competition. And oh, he asked dude. me a question. I totally forget what it was. I was kind of, I never really been starstruck, but that's probably the first time. So, um, since I was so starstruck, I forgot to get a picture with him. And plus I, th- actually, I did think about it. I just thought it was unprofessional for me to, to do that at that time. Yeah. So uh, eventually I, I will probably meet him again. I'd like to actually train him, actually. You would like to train him? That would be cool. Oh, yeah. I've seen his encyclopedia. Of, of I mean, I, I've seen uh, his videos and, you know, he's doing butterflies and all these other exercises that are just bad for you. I mean, you think about how many shoulder inju- uh, so- shoulder surgeries has, has he had. Him and Stallone. <laughs> Arnold presses, right? You right. never do these. Yeah, it compresses your spine big time. Well, it's called impingement syndrome. That's what it causes. So there's a tendon in there that gets pinched. Your supraspinatus tendon gets pinched between two bones every time you do this motion. It's it's pinching as I'm speaking, as I'm speaking. Yeah. But if you got resistance coming down on that tendon, it pinches it even more. I mean, let me ask you, how often do you put your hands over your head during a day anyways? <laughs> you never do. Well, the cops are behind me. Yeah, right. So why would you go to the gym and do it? It's not a safe exercise. Yeah. Oh, we got Erickson. I forgot. I forgot about this dude. Ferrigno, the Hulk. Luke Ferrigno. Oh, right. That's, Ferrigno. That guy's still fucking built too. Yeah, he looks better than Arnold, I believe now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And they're in their seventies. Right. I mean, they got to be juicing, right? They got to be doing something. Well, you need to take testosterone. As you get older, your testosterone levels go decrease. So you always you have to increase them somehow. And I know there's certain there's different therapies you can do. So. Um, I, I do testosterone. I'm 45. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I take, I take weekly injections. Yeah. My oh. testosterone has been low since I was in my mid thirties and I fought it and I was like, I'm still fine. I can still get it hard and everything else. But after a while it was like my energy levels were, and that's never been the end all be all. Like some people sit there and say, when you get on testosterone therapy, like it, it helps so much, but I don't really notice any difference. Well, the hope you don't want, I mean, you want to feel natural. You feel it when you, when it's low, mm-hmm. you just give a, you know, uh, reason why <laughs> yeah so. i was dead i was dog ass tired and they're like well it's like 235 and i think the lowest was like 225 or something like that and so i take it every week and then it winds up being like around five to six hundred which is you know average right i think it's good do you take it every week or every two weeks i do two shots a week i split it up because, um so you try to keep it more level throughout the entire week so you're not doing that bell curve yeah yeah that's the reason why I went to went from every two weeks to every week. Cause it was like, and then crash and then up and then crash and then up yeah. and then crash Mondays and Thursdays for me. <laughs> oh, nice. 
Well, see, there we have it. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. We've been going for 52 minutes, man. I could talk to you forever. This has been such a uh, such a blessing to have you here. Uh, Nelly says, this information is golden. Thank you, Joshua. Appreciate it. Where can people get a hold of you and kind of continue the conversation with you, man? So I have a course online at joshuafitness.com. I talk all about this. I work in production, so I'm also a 3D artist. So in my course, I have videos I made explaining um, biomechanics. Um, every muscle has a primary function. I should show you exactly um, what they do and how to, how to, what exercises you can use either from a cable or for a dumbbell. So um, there's nothing like it. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out. And they can also get a hold of you on IG uh, at joshuaself.esi. What does the ESI stand for, by the way? Elite self-image. Ooh, nice. I forgot to ask you that before we went on camera, but I was like, okay, I'll just ask them when we bring it up. Elite self-image. I love that. Then of course they can connect with you on facebook.com forward slash Joshua dot self dot 14. That's me. What does the 14 stand for? I don't know. They just gave it to me. <laughs> I thought there was some sort of beautiful thing. It was like Forbes birthday or something like that. How I, that's how, how I um, act. I feel like I'm, I'm for, I act like I'm 14. Back there, you're 14. Nice. And speaking of Forbes, we actually, she's going to be the guest on the show next week. We had her on the uh, Unfiltered Experience before, and you were kind enough to pop on that. She said, you never do that. So I, I took that as a huge compliment when you did mm -hmm. that. And just appreciate you being here again. So for you guys listening on the podcast, again, go to joshuafitness.com. Check them out. I mean, the guy is a brilliant dude. I see all your workout videos. I see your what you do behind the scenes for Forbes and everything else. And I just can't wait to meet you guys in person. You obviously beautiful people. And that's only the people I associate with. So, man, I appreciate you being here, coming to us from Florida late at night. I'm going to put you backstage. And for just a second, don't go anywhere so I can still say thank you to you. And I'm just going to end out the show for a moment. All right. Thank you, Chris, for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome, brother. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And sorry, I keep playing with my in-ear monitor and I'm just going to have to get that replaced. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We've been going for a little bit and, you know, health and nutrition is massively important and it's something that we often take for granted. We often think that I'll take care of it tomorrow. I'll do it next year. I'll do, you know, everything else. I watched or I saw an article in the Men's Health Magazine years and years ago. I was coming back from a speaking engagement and there was a guy that was 78 years old in there and he talked about how each year he adds a pull-up to his regimen. And so when you think about getting older, you think about slowing down and taking it easy. His mindset, his philosophy was like, you know, every year I get older, I'm going to add a pull up to my regimen. So when you think about it, no matter where you're at in your health journey, think about this. Who is the person that you love the most in your life? You love your daughter, you love your, your wife, you love your family, whatever it might be. And how well are you taking care of yourself? So for me, for example, my son, Jackson's five years old. When I think about how much I love him and how much I want to be here, I'm 53. He's five. Do the math. So I intentionally take care of myself every single day, hydration, nutrition, everything else. I'm not ballistic about it. I'm not super crazy about it because I want to have a good time as well. But at the end of the day, I'm always making sure that I'm doing things that are in my favor to take care of myself first. Self-love is the first love. So oftentimes we're serving for everybody else. We're people pleasing for everybody else. We don't have time for ourselves. Whether you could take 20 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it can be, if you can do something consistently five, six days a week, making sure, you know, if you have to get up a little bit earlier than everybody else in the house, I'm not a morning person, Chris fuck your excuses get out there get some vitamin d get some energy flowing start taking care of yourself look at your hydration look at your nutrition look at your sleep get some vitamin d every single day and do some things that help you deal with your stress because stress will kill you i've seen it happen to so many people even if they've worked out and taken care of themselves they didn't deal with their stress and guess what they got overwhelmed they got heart disease they got atherosclerosis inside of their veins and their arteries heart attacks strokes and guess what all of them have said even the people that i know that are famous 
They're like rock star famous, like celebrity actor famous and things of that nature. They said they would give up everything that they had worked for in their entire life to go back and not have that stress anymore. So oftentimes we're, 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 we're trying to achieve, we're trying to climb that mountain. We're trying to get the egoic validation of what it is that we're going after, but we compromise ourselves and our health. And I'm here to tell you from all these conversations that I've had, there's nothing you can go back and change in time. Like time is the one thing you can't buy back. So wherever you're at in your health and fitness journey, you can start today. You can sit there and say, you know what, as a family, let's start taking care of our hydration and our nutrition, and everything else a little bit differently for me. When I'm very focused on it, I cut out wheat and gluten. It's crazy how much my skin looks better. I feel better. My clarity is better. You know, so I go through different phases where I'll sit there and I'll take three or four months where I won't have any wheat or any gluten or any sugar or like Josh was saying, any carbs. Basically, I go keto. Um, so what is it that you can do for yourself in establishing that routine and getting yourself out of your excuses and getting yourself into nutrition and taking care of yourself and being a thirsty learner for what it is that you can try out. I mean, one of the things that Josh said, you know, you can go on Google and YouTube and you can find out different aspects. You can find different diet recipes. People sit there and tell me, I, Chris, I don't have time to do all that meal prep and everything else. Well, you, are you going to have time later on in life to go all the doctor's appointments? Are you going to have time later in life to go to the pharmacy and take 18 medications because you have high cholesterol and you have diabetes and you have all these different things. I have friends of mine that I've known since I was 17, 18 years old, we started going to the gym together. I don't take any medications. And I'm in great shape. I'm not like in Joshua shape, but you know, I've got friends of mine right now that are on 18 different medications because they didn't take themselves seriously. They didn't take their lives seriously. So what is it that you can do today? How can you be an inspiration to somebody else? Um, I appreciate all the comments in here tonight. Uh, Eric says, uh, pure gold gents, good stuff. Um, we got uh, Meredith in the house. What's up? Appreciate you being here. Uh, Robert says I spent, uh, over 30 years feeling age 22. Absolutely. Um, Meredith says, thank you guys. Just got off work. Um, yeah, so many awesome com uh, comments in here. Um, appreciate you guys. Yeah. Uh, Nelly says here, that's what my doctor told me too. Joshua, don't give the pain too much energy. It is what it is. As long as it doesn't put you in the hospital, continue to challenge the pain and build tolerance and strength that way. Um, yes. Oh, here it was. Yeah. Can't hurt me by David Goggins. That's the one I was, I want to say can't kill me because I don't think the guy's even, I don't even think he fucking kill the guy, but, uh, definitely, uh, um, appreciate you guys all being here and we'll be back here next week. Like I said before, our guest next week is the incomparable, the amazing, the illuminative, Miss Forbes Riley. So thank you guys for being here and supporting the show, whether you're watching live or on the replay, we appreciate you. We'll be back here next week, Tuesday night, 7 PM Pacific standard time. I love you guys. Go out there. Stay kick